Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast, presented to you by LongTermCareRD.com. I'm Michelle Sari, your host and presenter of today's episode. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about increasing appetite in the elderly, so tips and tricks that I've learned in my career that have really worked out for them. I just want to open today's episode and remind everybody that we are hosting virtual long-term care dietitian group meetings. So it is specifically for long-term care dietitians, but if you work in general with geriatrics and older adults to elderly individuals, this is going to be a super helpful webinar and group meeting because the first half of the virtual meeting I go through and I do an educational topic and this time we're going to be talking about wound care. So I'm really excited. I've put together a really great presentation, super informative. So you can sign up. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And as far as I know, this is the only real virtual long-term care dietitians group meeting that exists. So you can come. It doesn't matter where you work in the world. If you're a long-term care dietitian, I encourage you to come. Um, It's a virtual meeting. It's just 40 minutes long. It's not very long and you get a lot out of it and you can always come and you can ask your questions. You can just come meet, get some support. So it's really fun. We had one last month and I loved getting to actually put faces to the names of people and you can also find out who I am. So win-win for everybody. I will link it in the show notes. If you're on the email subscription list though, you will get an email and you've probably already gotten some reminders. Um, But as we get closer to the date, then we're really going to be diving in. Okay, so we'll get to today's episode. Um, Just to give you guys a heads up though, with the holidays, so we're at Christmas, New Year's, depending when you're listening to this, if it's live, then obviously you know uh, we're right in the thick of the holidays right now. Um, So episodes obviously will not be coming out on Christmas or New Year's, so I will likely be um, doing lots of great episodes coming up in the New Year, but there's a ton of episodes that you can catch up on. I think this is actually episode 22 or something like that, but yeah. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about increasing appetite in the elderly. I have done an episode previously about understanding and getting to the root of why an older adult will have appetite loss. So I'm not going to fully go into that today, simply because you can go back and listen to it. But I'll just briefly go over some common causes of decreased appetite in the elderly. So medications and their side effects, definitely a really big one. I have a list up on the website of common medications prescribed to the elderly that have nutrition side effects, so you can access that for free. You can check out if any of your patients or your loved ones are on any of these medications because they will have an impact. Uh, Chronic illnesses are another one, so whether it's heart disease, diabetes, kidney problems, these can all work to suppress somebody's appetite, so those will also have uh, negative consequences. Uh, Again, I have a list of uh, diagnoses that will impact somebody's appetite, so I'll link that in the show notes. Changes in taste and smell. As we age, our taste and our smell sensations, they decline, so food might not be quite as appetizing as it once was dental issues and eating difficulties so this is a really big one obviously we see a lot of dental problems in the aging population 
and we also see eating difficulties. So the independence with eating, this can lead to reluctance. Uh, mental health factors. I just did actually the November group meeting. I talked about depression and how it impacts the elderly and how we really see it impacting their nutrition. Um, if you want, I will link that in the show notes as well. The video and presentation is actually available. And with that, you also get the presentation slide. So if you want to know more about depression in the elderly, that's a really great one for you to access. And also social isolation. Um, many seniors eating is a social activity and then when we start to isolate them they may just simply lose motivation to eat so those are factors that's a really quick overview and it doesn't do justice um, to the severity that these have an impact on somebody's eating so I really encourage you go back listen to the episode where I talk about it I will link that in the show notes as well um, so we really want to focus though on the importance of balanced diets for seniors because it plays such a key role in maintaining their health and quality of life over time. Nutrient-rich foods actually support cognitive function. They can work to strengthen bones. They can enhance the immune response. And these are all very crucial as the body becomes more susceptible to illness as people get older. So just like we recommend with the younger population, we still want to recommend a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables. We want to encourage really great proteins, whole grains, healthy fats. These can all help to manage um, their not only their weight, because we still do want to be conscientious of that in the elderly, that we want to maintain a higher BMI because that puts them at a decreased risk of early mortality. We want to reduce the risk of chronic diseases. And we also really want to focus on better digestion because anybody that is an older adult that suffers from constipation, we know that that really affects um, their quality of life. So achieving the balance, it can be really challenging because as dietitians, we're balancing many chronic diseases, many medications. Sometimes we have mental health issues. Sometimes we have cognitive um, impairments in our patients. And so it's really hard to find the balance, but you can. So the nutritional needs as they age, though, it does change. And we do see a decrease in the amount of calories that they need, but we do see an uptick in the other recommendations. So we wanna make sure that they're getting adequate amounts of fiber, we really want to make sure that calcium and vitamin D are really emphasized in the older adults, obviously for bone health. And uh, they're at a higher risk of falls and fractures. So we want to make sure that we're getting them enough hydration. And I've seen some really great research. I'll have to fish it around. And if you're on the email list, I'll make sure that I send it out when I find it. Um, that dehydration actually does increase the risk of falls or the frequency. I'll have to check on that for you, but dehydration has a significant negative impact on so many factors in the older adult's health. And so we also wanna make sure that we're getting them enough hydration. It's not just about the food, it's also about the fluids. So some practical tips that I have found that really work to increase appetite in the elderly are these. So serving smaller and more frequent meals. Obviously, I know in long-term care that we don't have the option to be providing, you know, six small meals a day because we're setting out, we're doing three meals and two snacks. But what if we made those snacks more uh, substantial? And so we made them far more nutrient rich and we also almost made them like mini meals. Um, the more they eat, the more we can increase that appetite. And so uh, smaller meals, they can also help to maintain steady blood sugars, provide consistent energy throughout the day. So 
it can really be also beneficial for those that have some digestive issues. And so sometimes they may not be able to take in a full meal at a time. And so you'll see you'll have patients and older adults where they may eat just a little bit and then they're full. And that may be a digestion issue. And so by making sure that those snacks provide them with a substantial amount of calories and protein, that can really go a long way in making sure that they're meeting their estimated energy needs. Next up, we also wanna make sure that we're adding really flavorful herbs and spices because as the sense of taste diminishes with age, foods can become just generally less appealing to them. So incorporating herbs and spices, it's a really great way to enhance flavor without adding a ton of excess salt and sugar because we do have to be conscious that we do have patients that will have high blood pressure. And so maybe we're monitoring salt intake or sugars for patients that have diabetes. So for example, cinnamon it can add a lot of sweetness without extra sugar herbs like basil thyme they can enhance those really savory dishes and add extra flavor these natural flavor enhancers can make meals more enjoyable and stimulate the appetite so try experimenting with different herbs and spices because it can also turn meal prep for the cooks into a more engaging activity and it can really get their creative juices flowing so just because you're the dietitian, it doesn't mean that you can't be involved in recipe development. Try the meals, see how appetizing they are, and get in the kitchen and try to help out. Make it a team activity. Uh, next up is nutrient-dense foods and their benefits. I think all dietitians know about this one, that we want to get as much bang for the buck. And this is I by this I mean uh, we want to make sure that we're getting as much calories and as much protein into smaller portions because sometimes that might be all somebody's eating. So you really want to focus on nutrient-dense foods because this is crucial for seniors who need to get the most nutritional value out of every bite. So foods like meats, fish, whole grains, legumes, fruits and vegetables, they're already packed with essential nutrients. And so what can we add to those to make sure that we're inputting more calories and more protein? So incorporating a variety of foods though can also ensure that we're making sure that they get a balanced intake of vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients that are essential for maintaining health. Next up, and I emphasize this one all the time, and I really feel strongly about this, is the importance of appealing food presentation. The visual appeal of food plays a significant role in stimulating appetite. So attractive, colorful food presentations, this can really entice seniors to eat, especially when their appetite is low. So arranging foods in a visually appealing manner using garnishes, ensuring variety of colors, this can make a really significant difference. So you could do a really colorful salad with a variety of vegetables, nuts, maybe a sprinkle of cheddar cheese to get a little extra color in there, it is far more inviting than a plain bowl of greens. And the presentation can also be tailored to those individual preferences and needs. So for seniors with visual impairments, also those contrasting colors can really help to distinguish the different foods that are on their plate. So make sure that the plates are different colors than the napkins or the table settings behind them because that can make the plate and the food stand out. So. There's also really important lifestyle as well as just environmental adjustments to increase appetite. So it's more 
than just foods that are offered. Appetite is not just about what foods are there. It's also the environment that they're eating in and the lifestyle that we're providing. So these are my tips outside of just focusing on the nutrient value of food because these are just as important as the nutrient value of food. So encouraging social eating. Social interactions during mealtimes can significantly um, enhance appetite in the elderly. So eating with family, friends, or in a community setting can make a mealtime more enjoyable and they also look forward to it. So organizing if you can make uh, fun family dinners once a month at your facility, maybe you can invite a couple extra people to come in participating in group meals. Maybe you can organize um, different dinner meals at um, maybe you do uh, fun theme parties, those different kinds of things. Just because you're working in long-term care doesn't mean that all you have the power to do is organize three meals a day and two snacks. Get creative. Do something fun. Try to plan once a month what fun food activity can we do for everybody. Give them something to look forward to. Advertise it. Work with therapeutic recreation. It's not going to enhance your budget that much, but it's going to make such a difference to those wonderful people that are there. And also seeing other people eat, it can stimulate somebody's appetite or just encourage their behavior to eat more. And this is obviously very beneficial in assisted living or in care facilities where communal dining can create that supportive and motivating environment for residents to enjoy their meals together. Now, there's also a role of routine in mealtimes. So establishing a consistent mealtime routine can help to regulate appetite. Having set times for meals and snacks, it creates a rhythm that the body can adapt to, potentially increasing hunger cues, hunger cues at those regular intervals. So for seniors, especially those with cognitive impairments like dementia, a predictable routine can be comforting and it can also reduce their anxiety around eating because they know that it's coming at certain times of the day. A routine doesn't mean meals have to be monotonous. It's about creating just that reliable structure, but it's also being flexible in terms of menu choices, but the meal times are the consistent part. And the next tip is you want to use finger foods and drinkable meals where applicable. So finger foods and drinkable meals can be excellent options for seniors with dexterity or swallowing issues. So easy to handle foods like cheese cubes, cut up fruits, or small sandwiches, it can make eating less challenging and more enjoyable because you're always going to have those people that have lost their ability to eat independently, but they don't fully want to give up their independence. So by providing them with those foods that they're able to manage on their own that doesn't require a knife, a fork, a spoon, anything like that, those are really great things to look at. When I talk about drinkable meals, what I mean is that you don't necessarily have to, um, how do I put this? You don't necessarily have to give them, you know, ensure or boost at meals because obviously we know that the research doesn't support that. Um, but it's really important that you're still focusing on people that maybe they can't eat their full meal. So maybe we're providing them with a really nutrient rich smoothie at meals that can help to supplement the food that they're unable to meet. And I think that's really important to point out because as much as we want to do a food first approach, it's also important to recognize that that doesn't always work. 
So we need to have a fallback plan. And so having an in-house recipe of something that's really high in calories, really high in protein, it can really be a lifesaver for those people um, that don't have the ability to eat those meals. My next tip is you need to address dry mouth issues. Dry mouth is a really common issue among the elderly and it can significantly impact the ability to eat, encouraging regular hydration and obviously we don't see tobacco use in long-term care so uh, we don't really have to worry about that but in the elderly outside of long-term care we want them to be avoiding tobacco and reducing caffeine intake because there is preliminary research that that does make a bit more of a dry mouth so we can use mouthwashes that can provide dry relief but just generally making sure that they have fluids available when they want to drink and next tip is physical activity and you know what, I don't think that we talk about this enough as dietitians in long-term care because many people have this misconception that we can't do physical activity with the residents because they're in long-term care and nothing could be further from the truth. I've been on so many teams where the therapeutic recreation and rehab aids were so great at doing adaptive exercises for residents and typically I would see it um, either first thing in the morning before breakfast or in between breakfast and lunch Engaging in low impact physical activity can still stimulate appetite in the elderly. So I really encourage people to, if you're a dietitian, try to come up with some cool physical activity plans with therapeutic recreation, with the rehab aids, because it is still good to get exercise even when you're an older adult or an elderly in long-term care. Obviously, the last one we have to talk about is appetite stimulants. So appetite stimulants can be considered when dietary and lifestyle adjustments are not enough to address significant appetite loss in the elderly. These stimulants are often prescribed by doctors and they can be particularly useful for individuals with chronic conditions or those undergoing treatments that severely reduce their hunger or appetite cues. So it's crucial that the dietitian works with the doctor if they think that an appetite stimulant may be useful. Um, but it also has to be obviously carefully balanced with existing medications and health conditions. So my final thoughts on today. Learning how to increase appetite in the elderly is critical for maintaining the health of elderly people and understanding the common causes from medications, chronic illnesses, to changes in taste and social factors. That's your first step. You need to do a full nutrition assessment to find out why exactly they're losing their appetite and then do nutrition interventions specifically targeted at those. So implementing practical dietary strategies such as serving smaller meals or more frequent meals, enhancing flavors, focus on those nutrient-dense foods, and ensure appealing food presentation, this can make a significant difference. Because ultimately the goal is not only to nourish the body, but it's also to bring joy and satisfaction to the elderly through food, so enhancing their overall quality of life. By understanding and addressing the unique challenges they face in maintaining a healthy appetite, caregivers and the healthcare providers can significantly contribute to the well-being of our senior population. So that's all that I have for you today. Please be sure to like and follow the show wherever you're listening. It really helps us just to get in front of more audiences. Um, don't forget to share this episode if you think that there's somebody out there that may benefit from this. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Long-Term Care RD. You can find the website at www.longtermcarerd.com and in the show description notes, you will find all the links that I mentioned today. I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas, happy holidays, and I'll see you guys in the new year.